This morning, the message that I'm going to be bringing is brought to us from the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. It would be interesting to note, if you've ever read the Gospels, that only two of them even mention the Christmas story. The Gospel of Matthew covers Joseph's perspective. The Gospel of Luke covers Mary's. I want to be honest with you. After now almost 30 years of ministry, I wish there was more in the Bible about Christmas. Here's why. Every year as pastors, we go to the same texts, year in, year out. And every year you look at it with fear and trepidation and you go, I have to preach five times minimum on these two things. Doing the math, that's 150 times that I've preached through this. And you look at it and you think, what was wrong with Mark that he didn't write about the birth story? And as much as I love the Gospel of John, what's wrong with John? Why didn't he mention the birth story? What's wrong with him? I need more material. That's why. But here's what I can tell you. In no way, shape, or form to diminish the Christian or the Christmas story, it's this. Two of the Gospels do not even mention the birth of Jesus. They don't. And none of the Newer Testament sermons, none of them even mention the birth story or the birth narrative of Christ. But all of them mention the resurrection. All of them. The sermons, the resurrection. All four Gospels, the resurrection. And again, it's not to diminish the birth story of Jesus, but I just want to say at the outset to know this. You would have never heard of the birth of Jesus had He not been resurrected from the dead. You'd have never heard of Him. But with that said, the birth story of Jesus is absolutely fascinating. It's an incredible, incredible story. It's a story that we're going to get ready to read on in just a moment. It's a story of God's favor on one woman by the name of Mary. It's the story of God's favor. Now, I have friends who have experienced favor in their lives. I've got one friend of mine who I've been meeting with and we've talked about faith. They're not a person of faith yet but they're on faculty at the University of Virginia, and if you heard their story, their story goes on about all this education, and then one day, one day, listen to this, one day, they went to push a car with two other people that was stuck in the snow in New York City. Went and pushed a car. That pushing of the car transformed their world because the person driving the car was in the financial world. And after that person, who at this, that time was a very young man, recent Ph.D. grad, was pushing a car in the snow, the guy had favor on him, had favor on him, and it transformed his entire future, his entire future. Now, what I know is all of you are going to be looking for cars stuck in the snowdrift this year, and you're going to jump out and you're going to push. I have another friend. Another friend of mine that I met, he is a minority race in America. 
He lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Where he was at, in the environment he was in, he was going nowhere. And a coach spotted him and had favor on him. And that coach had favor on him and moved him from a school where he was going nowhere to where he got him into a private school and had it paid for. Not only that, he got him into a great university. And this coach took favor. He had favor on this young man. And you can't listen to that man's life story without him talking about coach and how coach had favor on him. The man that I'm speaking of is older than I am. And I said, tell me about coach. He said, Pete, that's easy. I talk to him every single day. And I have my entire life. I call him. You see, this guy had favor on him. Several weeks ago, this stage was lined with sets of chairs. And we called it God's Story Sunday. And there were people that sat up here in their chairs and they shared stories about God's favor. God's favor. There was Cena Woodall and Chester Iwan. They sat there and they talked to God's favor. And then there was Sarah Everett. She spoke about God's favor. And then there was a couple, Joe and Sarah Miracle. What a name to have if you want God's favor, Miracle last name. How many of you are here for the God Story Sunday? It was incredible. All of them sat up here and they talked about God's favor. It was incredible. But the story we're getting ready to read is the story of God's favor on a young teenage Jewish woman who was a virgin and who was born in the line of King David. And because of the Old Testament prophecies, she checked off the two boxes that were essential. Because Isaiah 7.14 had prophesied that the virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God is with us. The Old Testament prophecies had also shared that whoever the Messiah would be, would be from the line of King David. So let's read our story in the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, we're going to pick up the story of Mary, and we're going to read the whole thing, and some of the verses I would like to emphasize will be up on the screen. If you're utilizing the Bibles we provide, you can turn to page 830, and I'm going to read the entire story of the birth of Jesus from the eyes or the context of Mary. Here's what it tells us. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... Pushing the pause button real quick, Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mother and Mary's first cousin. She had been unable to conceive, and God miraculously intervened very differently than He will for Mary, but Elizabeth had become pregnant and was with child. And it tells us in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1 that in the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, again, John the Baptist's mother, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly, what's the next word? 
favored. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found, what's the next word? Favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. And we ought to shout hallelujah because that's why you're here. His kingdom will never, ever end. Verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her, and she took off to fellowship with Elizabeth, her cousin. When we look at this story, it reminds me of the stories we heard on stage just a few weeks ago, stories of God's favor. There was Cena and Chester and Sarah Everett and Joe and Sarah Miracle. They were up on this stage. They gave testimony to God's favor. But here's what we need to know. We need to know this. The word favor is charis. It means grace. It means that she did nothing to earn it. God chose her. Yes, she ticked two boxes. She was from the line of David. She was also a virgin. I promise you there were others that ticked those boxes. But God favored her. Please hear me clearly. The word favor is the word charis, which is the word grace. A similar idea of that word charis is found in one of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament, Ephesians 2.8, which says this, you have been saved by grace through faith. You have been saved by charis through faith. What I want us to clearly understand this morning is that there was nothing about Mary in many ways that's different than you or me. It's this. God's grace. God's grace. The Christmas story is a story of God's grace. God's favor. Now let me ask you a question. Are you alive? Raise your hand. You're alive. That means two things. Number one, you are available and in God's favor. You are in His grace. It's available to you. It's not unique to Mary. 
God's grace is available to anyone. It means one other thing. I said there's two things. Number one, God's favor, God's grace. And number two, that you could give blood today at the blood drive at St. Anne's Belfield School immediately after church across from Foods of All Nations right over by UVA. Just pull up into the upper school. I'll be heading there right after service, and you can give blood. Walk-ins are welcome, and you can watch the Green Bay Packers pummel someone in an NFL game. How was that for an infomercial? Putting it to you this way, my fear is we read the Christmas story and you say, not me, not me. If you read it that way, you're wrong. The Christmas story is a story that's all about you. God invites you in. And when you look at this story, it's just so incredible how God dispatches this angel. When he does, he interacts with Mary. One of the things I love about the Gospel of Luke is if you were to read in the first paragraph, the first paragraph as it ends says this, Luke announces, I decided to write an orderly account of everything that's happened, and he writes this, I've written it for you, most excellent Theophilus. Theophilus, there's an individual, their name's Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So what Luke is doing is he's writing this text so that people who are followers of Jesus or considering being a follower of Jesus can have certainty in the things that they're being taught. You know, it's interesting though, the name Theophilus means lover of God. That's what it means. Oh, Theophilus, I've written account. Here's what I believe. I don't think Theophilus was an individual at all. I think Theophilus is a description of people who want to love God. That's what I believe. And right out of the gate, you have this incredible story. It's a story of a young girl, Jewish, line of David, who's a virgin, and the angel of the Lord comes to her, and he begins to announce this incredible thing. And when I look at this gospel, I think to myself, Luke, 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 you should have written it differently. How many of you ever read the Bible and you say that? Oh, God. You should have written it differently. Let me give you some help here. And here's the help I would have given God as He inspired the Scriptures. Wait a little while before you tell the story of a virgin birth. It's a little too soon. Kind of rope them in a little further. You know, kind of bring them in a little deeper. Let them experience some things that aren't so bold and maybe hard to believe and so in your face. You know, God, just woo them a little bit. Kind of get them deeper into the story. But what's incredible about the Gospel of Luke is he just starts right off. God dispatched an angel to a teenage girl and announced to her, you will give birth to the Son of God. That's how it's going to go. So what we're going to do very quickly is we're going to look through this story and we're going to learn a few things and then we're going to stand together in God's presence and ask Him to touch us too because I believe we need it. I know I do. I trust you do as well. But here's what this gospel story tells us, focusing on verses 30 through 33. 
Here's what it says. In 30 through 33 of Luke chapter 1, it says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found grace from God. You have found favor with God. Verse 31, And you will, give, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call him Jesus. The name means God delivers, God saves. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary, He won't be known as your son. He will be known as the Son of the Most High, capitalized. And the Lord will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and His kingdom will never end. Wow. Wow. The announcement in the Gospel of Luke is this, is God is going to start a new kingdom. If you thought David was an awesome king and you thought his kingdom was awesome, wait till you see this dude. Watch out. Wait and see what he does. And then Mary responds in verse 34. I love her response. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Here's what I know. I know that whenever God shows up and asks you to do something, it's going to take you past your natural ability. It will. And here God shows up to Mary, and I'm going to tell you very bluntly, Mary is sitting in that seat for you and for me. She's sitting there for all of humanity, not just herself. She's the person, the human in the story. And God shows up to Mary and says, Mary, through you, through a human being, I'm going to bring my son into the world, and he will be king of a brand new kingdom. And Mary, who understood biological realities, says to God, how's that going to happen? How's that going to work? Because I am a virgin. Here's what I want to say. I believe by God's grace, every follower of Jesus is called to do something that takes you beyond your natural ability. I believe that. And if that call has not hit you yet, brace yourself because here it comes. God's going to call you at some point beyond your natural ability. And when you hear the voice of God and you sense it in the Scriptures or as you're fellowshipping in your life group and you're connecting with other people and God begins to speak to you, you're going to say, no possible way. Some of us have sat here recently in church. God's been moving on your heart, and as God moves, He's been tapping your heart, and He's been saying, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and while God's been tapping you, you've been sitting there going, tap on them, God, tap on them, God. God says, why? And you say, because look at me. In essence, as Mary is saying, God, I'm disqualified. I can't do this because of X or because of Y or because of Z. And God says this. Let me worry about that. Let me worry about what it's going to take to get it accomplished. 
I think about this facility that is a possibility now for City Church. And when I look at it, I think to myself, there's no possible way. And what God has spoken to my heart is, is if I tell you to go, go. And if you go, watch me work. But in the natural, we look at things. We say, how can this be? I want to encourage you, if you're like Mary, and the ceiling of your life spiritually is what you can see naturally, in the end we're going to pray that God would unscrew that lid and loosen it up and you'd have an experience with God and through God that you could have never, ever imagined. If we could do it in our own strength, what's the point of the call? So we look at Mary. Mary sits in that chair for all of humankind. And then we pick up verses 35 through 37. She says to God, I am a virgin, so how will this happen? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, when you first look at that, it sounds very redundant. Because when you look at it, you'll say, the Holy Spirit and then the power of the Most High. God, isn't that the same thing? And the answer is no. The Holy Spirit will be upon Mary, but also the power of the Most High. So listen to me carefully. The Trinity is now coming into actuality right before your eyes. You've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the Most High who is God the Father, and the result of this through Mary will be Jesus. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity shows up. It's amazing. But now what I want us to understand, and this is critical for me, as I was reading this, and I think it's a message that God wants all of us to hear, especially when we think about the Christmas story. I think God wants us to hear this. I'm going to give a pop quiz right now. It's going to be multiple choice, but I'm going to help you. There's only one answer that's right. And in order to really help you, I'd like to put it on the screen. God. Say it together. Ready? God. All right, so I'm going to ask questions. When I ask them, you give the answer out loud. Let's practice again. Let's say the only possible answer. Ready? God. One more time. God. Thank you. Here's our test. Who sent the angel Gabriel to Mary? Who was with Mary? Who had Mary found favor with? Whose son will be called the Son of the Most High? Ah, tricked you, didn't I? All right, let's keep going. Who will give him David's throne? Who will give him the name Jesus? And the Holy Spirit will come on you. What does that mean? It means that is up to something. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Who is the Most High? 
And what will he be called? The son of... Let me explain something very carefully. The Christmas story is about God. It's all about Him. You see, Mary is just a young teenage girl. She's going about life and all of a sudden, God dispatches the angel Gabriel. This is all about God. I don't want to depress you, but it's not about Christmas trees and wreaths and red ribbons. I love them. It had been on my honeydew list for about three weeks. And I ignored it, and I finally conquered it, and it felt so good to stand back there two nights ago and turn all the lights on because finally my house looked like my neighbor's. <laughs> Theirs have been decorated for weeks. Don't you? I can't stand neighbors like that, right? They actually mow their lawns and rake their leaves, and when they do, you go, oh, no. Now I have to mow my lawn and rake my leaves, and then they decorate for Christmas. What's wrong with these people? Why don't we just make an agreement that none of us do this? Because you never want to be that house. Well, we were that house, so I finally got it all done, and it just looks so awesome. Looks so awesome. How many of you have your Christmas shopping done? Thank God. How many of you are like me? You haven't thought about it once until now. Raise your hand. There you go. I don't want to depress you. They're all awesome. But let me tell you very boldly and up front, if anyone asks you what the Christmas story is about, there's one answer. And what is the answer? God. He initiated it. He enacted it. He was the one that moved upon Mary. It was through His incredible grace and favor, not just on Mary, but on every single person that's circling the sun right now. God looked down. Mary stood in our stead. And Jesus Christ stepped into this world. And it was all God. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Now, it's fascinating. Fascinating. God, through the angel, comes to Mary. And Mary's response is this. Verse 37. I love her response. The angel says to her in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Isn't that incredible? Hey, Mary, you know what? The word of God never returns void. It's going to be true with you too. And in verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Those words transformed the human race. It's never been the same since. Mary's response to God's word helped to usher in the kingdom of God. Imagine that. She announces, I am the Lord's servant. By the way, the word servant is really the word for female slave. It's where we get the current or modern word doula. A doula. A woman that helps other women with childbirth and sometimes beyond childbirth. That's where that word comes from. It's the Greek word that Mary called herself. She is the doula of God. She's the doula of God. 
And she says to God, God, I am your doula. May your word to me be fulfilled. She says those words, and the world has never been the same. Now, last week, we had an incredible, incredible time in God's presence. How many of you were here? God's presence was here and moved profoundly. At the end of the service, hundreds of people stood and lifted their hands into God's presence and said, God, I need you. I need you. That's exactly what Mary does. Mary responds to the call of God on her life, and she says, God, it's me. I am your doula. I'm your servant. I will submit to what it is that you want to do in my life. And even though in the natural I can't figure out how this thing's going to play out, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. So my question to all of us is this. Christmas is amazing, but my question is this. Would you like Christmas to mean more to you this year than it ever has before? I want that for me. I've been through 52 of these things. Some have been awesome. Sometimes I did not get under the tree what I wanted. Then I got older. Now I have to pay for whatever goes under the tree. So I don't care if people get what they want anymore. <laughs> and all God's people said, amen to that. But here's what I wanted to say. We have an opportunity right now in this room to have Christmas be more real to us than it's ever been before. And here's what I know. The way that happens is we respond like Mary. It's the same response 2,000 years later. It's the exact same response. It's when people look at God the Father and God the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Son and we stand into His presence and we say, yes, God, yes, whatever it is that you want to do. Because that's really the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is all about God reaching out to you and me and saying this, my grace, my favor is available to you. And what we do is we stand with open hearts just like Mary. We say, God, whatever that word is, let it literally become flesh through me. May it go from theory and prayer and wishful thinking and may it even go from the call of God to where it's literally materialized in and through my body so that people in this world will know that God loves them and God wants to bless them and that God uses us. I want us to stand together as we close. And as we stand together, as Mary stood in for you and she stood in for me many, many years ago, I'm going to ask that you would stand into His presence just for a moment. As Mary stood in for you and for me, I'm going to ask that now you would stand in for yourself. Would you stand in for yourself? 2016 has been an incredible year. Incredible. 
I have sat in my office and sat at restaurants and listened to people share stories about how God has favored them. God's grace has been upon them. And as I've listened to those stories, my heart has leapt with joy. Jesus Christ is still being born into this world. It has not stopped. But I know that it's the same story today as it was back then. It's a story where people stand before God. They say, God, just like Mary, here I am. I don't know all that it means. And in the natural, I don't figure out how this is going to happen. But with fullness of Christmas spirit, God, I stand in your presence. I say, God, here am I. Dear God, whatever it is you want to do in my life and through my life, I'm your doula. I'm your due loss. I'm the one that would stand here now and say, God, here I am. And so as we are now standing in his presence, how about if we close our eyes but open our hearts? And if we're comfortable doing this, how about if we lift our hands in front of us as we do so? We're willing to say to God what Mary said to him. God, may your word be fulfilled in me. May your word be fulfilled in me. May Christmas become real in my life, more real than it's ever been before. If you're willing to do this, just kind of lift your hands up in front of you as a sign of humility and receptivity. I want to pray over all of us. Jesus, I thank you for grace. I thank you for God's favor. I thank you that grace and favor are available to every single one of us. Now we stand in your presence. As Mary stood in our place, we now stand in hers. We say with confidence, may your word be fulfilled in me. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin to do a work in our hearts and in our lives just like you did in and through Mary, just like you did in the Newer Testament. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Holy Spirit, fill us. I also pray that God Most High would be present in this moment and we would have the presence of the living God. And that in this moment, the Son of God would walk among us. And that, Jesus, you would touch our hearts and you would touch our lives. And that Christmas would come alive. And we would say throughout this Christmas season that we would announce the only answer there is to give. And that it's God. God. God is the one. God is the one. Jesus, be with us. I pray for this in Christ's name, in Jesus' name. Please remain with your eyes closed in an attitude of prayer as the worship team begins to lead us.
servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. Jesus, thank you for who you are to us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your faith. As we conclude our service, again, I'm just going to ask that you would close your eyes just for a moment. Jesus, let Christmas be all about God for us this year. I pray that the truth of the Gospel of Luke would come to life in each and every one of us. Jesus, thank you. You are the Son of the living God. As we conclude our service today, there's been a request that I would make a simple mention that for teardown today we could use a little bit of help after the service if you're available to do that as you exit the auditorium just head diagonally to your right there's a, a black draped off area if you'd step in there there'll be people that will be there to show you how you can help serve we've hit the holiday season and some people are away so we could use some little extra help this morning but as we conclude our time now Let's by faith open up our hearts to God and let's receive the fullness of his favor and of his grace. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give you grace and favor and peace. 
If you would like prayer, I encourage you to come forward as we conclude our service. Our prayer team is here to pray with you and to pray for you. But before you exit, if we could take just a moment and sing this worship chorus through one more time. Let's sing it with all of our hearts as we proclaim it's all about God. Let's worship together. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is
you, Jesus.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are sufficient, Father. We thank you for sending your Son. And that no matter what we're facing, God, that that can be enough. We know you sent him to heal the broken heart and, and to bind up their wounds. And Father, I pray that you would do this this Christmas season, Father, through your Son. Pray for your blessing on us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.